I want you to do me a favor. Yeah, sure. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. What? Let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. Come on. Stop trying to hit me and hit me. Hit me, baby, one more time. And now, our feature presentation. Welcome to Hit Me One More Time, the Nostalgia Reflection Podcast, where we look at the things that we loved when we were younger and ask the question, is this good? I'm David Luzader, and we were all set to record our, our regular episode here, but something mysterious and strange has happened. Uh, Nick and I have been transported to a weird world that's like our world, but just a little bit spookier. And of course, Nick Shermooksness is with me. Nick, hello. Hey, David. This this place we're in is... Um, I didn't prepare anything because I didn't know we were going to be <laughs> transported. So I know. Uh, I, and it's, and you, that, you know, it's... that werewolf came by and told us we have to talk about Halloween Town movies if we ever want to leave. Yeah, that's so. Is this like a like a, an Isaac an Isake an Isake? However they pronounce like Halloween Town is technically an Isake. I think you're right. So, now, Nick, for people who are listening who don't know what that means, what is that? Uh, it's a popular genre of Japanese animated. Uh, I mean, any or manga, anime, whatever, um, where generally it features someone from the real or our world. Our world's not real. Um, being transported into like a fictional, you know, fantasy universe or whatever. And for some reason, they all have really like long names. Like I was reincarnated as a slime or the something shield here. I actually I don't think I've watched any of them. But I'm actually a fan of that well trope of her yeah. being transported to another world. Yeah, that's like um, I think like the most popular ones, and this is really dating myself here, that I can think of are Inuyasha and Escaflone. Oh my god. Yeah, and I don't think they were really referred to that at the time. No, I think it just like <laughs> which is weird because it was still a popular genre when that um released. Uh but yeah, I don't think it was until later that they like came up with the name. And it is like a super popular trope in anime. Um, but also, I was trying to think of more recent examples and just couldn't. Well, obviously, the the original Isaacay, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia. Oh right, by C.S. Lewis. That's you know, yeah, that's where it all that's, began. That's all. Now I just want some of these like non-Japanese, you know, mm. for lack of a better word, Isaacay, you know, properties to sort of like get like what would the Chronicles of Narnia be called in like Japanese Isaacay terms, you know. The I, yeah, I don't world know. where a talking lion Jesus. <laughs> um, there we go. Boom. There we go. Uh, the world where a talking lion Jesus is all I got. Hey, you know what? I would, I would probably watch it. <laughs> that title would catch my eye. Uh, but we are talking about an Isaacay of a different breed, I guess. This this week, not just this week, this month. Because we are, as I said, we have been uh, transported magically to this place, and there's a werewolf telling us what to do. So we got to talk Halloween Town all month long. We're going to start here with the first one. I do want to say that our our original plan here, uh, not original plan, the plan that was thrust upon us, the werewolf was like, and you guys have to have all all female guests because podcasting is a male dominated space and it's a witchy season. He was a very eloquent werewolf. Um, it was very surprising. He was, did you notice he was wearing a monocle? Like that was, um, that was, yeah, neat. he had, he had some degrees on his wall too. Yeah. And a really like pretty robust library. Yeah. It was, a, he was an impressive guy. Um, and unfortunately, though, for this week in the transportation, our guests, uh, I, I don't know where they ended up, but I hope they're okay. And uh, Nick and I, must soldier on or else one of us is getting eaten we are talking about halloween town i i have to confess that i didn't make it up i read i read about it in a book a book what book there halloween town this disney channel original movie is about the piper family as the three children marnie dylan and sophie discover the truth about their heritage from their grandmother a witch from Halloween Town whose otherworldly inhabitants are disappearing. <clears throat> I know, it's so dramatic. 
This is the part of the show where we share our own personal histories with the topic. I'll start us off here. This is our first Disney Channel original movie, which blows my mind. I can't believe we are uh, 70-ish episodes into this show, and we haven't talked about any DCOMs yet. Um, But this is our, our first one. And I used to watch these on Disney. Like, I remember being like excited for them, you know, seeing what the movie was going to be that month. Cause it's at some point they were coming out like monthly or pretty regularly. Um, there's a few of them a year and there was always like a decent campaign building up to it. And I'd, I'd watch them and, and remember enjoying them. Were they actually good? I don't know. We'll find out as, as more come, uh, though you can't convince me Brink is not amazing. I remember <laughs> I forgot about Brink until I was researching this film and it came it was mentioned oh, in something yeah. and I was like oh my god Brink you go on Brink's going to be a good one but I remember this one I remember Halloween Town uh coming out and it was like very exciting because it was Halloween and I didn't see it I mean I probably saw it or bits and pieces of it like throughout the years just as it was like airing on Disney um but you know, this was like they didn't come out on DVD really that I remember. Like this wasn't really like a thing that you would see ever again. It really felt kind of like a you watch it when it's on and that's kind of it. Like that's your chance to see it. Uh, mm-hmm. And now, of course, we live in the, the streaming age and Disney Plus has brought them all to our doorstep. And this is the first one I'm returning to. We'll see if uh, if I was justified as a child and being excited about this movie. But Nick, did you watch a lot of DCOMs? Did you watch Halloween Town? All of this new to you? Um, so first I'm just going to say, actually, I'm going to save it for the Brink episode. I take that back. Okay. Um, I If I saw Halloween Town as a kid, I, I don't remember. Um, I honestly, I've never gravitated too much towards Halloween and Halloween themed stuff. Um, whether it be you know, actually like spooky horror thriller or whatever, or, you know, something more Disneyfied. Um, I honestly, I feel like when it first came on my radar, I may have been working at Blockbuster to date myself. <laughs> um, and uh, I, th- I don't know if it was, or oh, so I, we graduated high school in like 2006 or I did. Um, and then I think Return to Halloween Town actually showed up in 2006 came out in 2006 so i vaguely remember seeing i think return to halloween town oh uh, like on the shelf and being like cool and then moving on with my life for the next (laughs) 14 years (laughs) and now here we are um so yeah really no no real exposure that i can or no memorable exposure uh, that left last a a lasting imprint Uh, that left a lasting imprint there we go yeah i'm sure like because this came out in 1999 um and like 1998 and that was like a time when things weren't coming out um you know like a lot on dvd i'm sure like the later ones probably did and there's four of these and we're going to be talking about each and every one of them um i think i stopped after this one so that that uh well of personal history is going to run dry real quick but <laughs> That's okay, because there's still lots to talk about. And the world has a history with Halloween Town. Nick, can you let us know about it? Yeah, so Halloween Town, as we've mentioned, was one of Disney's first direct-to-TV film specials, but was originally going to be on NBC before they passed and Disney picked it up. It was Disney Channel's second original film in production, but was the fourth to be aired. Um, the original script included much darker sequences like Marnie aging rapidly while walking through a forest or the cast traveling through Halloween town at night. But these scenes were cut to mold to the more family friendly Disney aesthetic. When director, uh, Dwayne Dunham came on board, the film was supposed to have a, a 20 to $30 million budget, but it was dwindled down to just 4 million, which resulted in toning down certain elements and doubling up extras for crowd scenes. Uh, The film released on the Disney Channel in 1998 and spawned three sequels, Halloween 2, Calabar's Revenge, Halloween Town High, and Return to Halloween Town. The only two actors to appear in all of the films are Judith Hogue, Mm -hmm. uh, who played Gwen Cromwell, and Joey Zimmerman, who played Dylan. Were there there other, like, were the kids' last names also Cromwell? Uh, I think it's the vibe that that was the case. Like, they had the dad's name. Wait, oh, that's a... 
Wait, yeah, but I don't think, think they're. I don't know if it's ever mentioned in the. Oh wait, they are the... Cromwells. Oh, no, 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 no. The the kids are Pipers. The mom and the grandma Piper. are okay. are right. Cromwells. Um, yeah, yeah. Though I guess the mom, the mom goes by Gwen Piper. In the I, I don't know. I'm looking just at Wikipedia. None of that is important. Uh, what Gwen is important? Piper of the Cromwell line. <laughs> exactly. Uh, what is important is this movie, I guess. Um, I, so I, I had discovered the $4 million like budget thing last night while I was watching it. And I think I sent you some article with like facts about Halloween town that you might not have known. And keeping that kind of in the back of my head that it had like $4 million and had to double up a lot of stuff. Uh, a lot of like the background actors and extras. Right. Um, on one hand, I was actually pretty impressed with some of the production. Um, and there's some like, elements of it that I thought were like really neat. And I want to, I want to talk a bit more about uh, Benny, the cab driver at some point, but also keeping that in mind, it became very obvious that they were limited in the number of actors they had. Uh, I just love some of the people just walking around in the background, but at the end, there's a scene where the bus is taking off uh, from Halloween town and they're zooming out from this crowd shot, but it hits a point where it stops zooming out because it's very obvious, like they didn't have money for any more people. So we can't show any more of this crowd. And it's only going to look like, you know, 50 people live in Halloween town. Yeah, it feels like a crowd scene in Final Fantasy 14. Is that, was there not a lot of, Oh, oh you're I, right. Yeah. I know. I really, no, no, just, uh, I don't know if it's because of the engine or whatever it is, but just, like, you, you have these moments where, like, you know, everyone's gathered to, you know, do whatever, but, you know, the town is made up of, like, five people. Right, right. But there's implication that there should be a lot more. Right, you're, like, in a, you're in a bustling city, and there's, like, eight NPCs milling around, and then, like, 55 PCs, most of which are AFK, just standing uh, around the town square. Exactly. And look look at how vibrant and alive this place is. <laughs> um yeah, no the the uh, I guess switching gears again, not that I don't like talking about Final Fantasy. Um <laughs> is uh the it definitely the budget. I mean, I so actually I I didn't know it while I was watching it and I figured okay, it's a kids movie or whatever like this, you know. They're not like trying to like overdo it or whatever but there were scenes where like there was someone walking down the street in like a uh i don't know they had like a green goblin or orc mask or something like that but their hands were human mm-hmm. you know so like there were a lot of people where it was just like clearly they had on whatever they could find um yeah. in the closet and and not much else but that being said some of the uh like prosthetics and masks and stuff that they did have were really good like at the end with luke where he reveals his his true face um you know that that was pretty well done prosthetic yeah definitely like there was like the fish man walking around in the gym who like actually had like feet and hands and like looked pretty good but then there was like the aerobics class which was people in dog masks like there was other (laughs) characters but there were like some people just in dog masks that looked okay they would look okay for a crowd scene, but these like in these close-ups where they're moving around and their limbs and hands and feet are all human, but except for like this, you know, this dog mask they're wearing was a, a bit obvious. And I also felt it with the broom salesman um, who, I don't know what he was supposed to be, but uh, they, they apparently only had makeup for like the lower half of his face. So he had on these like big sunglasses uh, the prosthetic like makeup for the bottom half. And then he had these bangs that came down that were like covering his forehead. And if you looked close enough, you could tell that his forehead was a different color than the rest of his face, like from the makeup. <laughs> it was little things like that. And then Benny, who I mentioned earlier, who was the cab driver, Benny was a robot that they had built and is actually like super impressive. For a $4 million movie, um, has this, like, face that articulates really well and, like, that moves fairly, you know, naturally, I guess, is the the word I'll use for this skeleton robot. But I was super impressed by Benny. 
Yeah, I mean that's probably where like at least two million of the budget went. <laughs> I guess I don't know how much it cost to make an anim- animatronic. I figured it was just like a hand puppet or something that someone was like using so underneath too. the cab or you know out of scene. Yeah. Um. So that actually is pretty impressive that they managed to make a robot. Yeah, and the I mean I, I imagine a decent amount of the money had to go to Debbie Reynolds. So I don't uh, I don't know what Debbie Reynolds' career was like in the '90s, but you know she's she's pretty famous. Uh. Singing in the Rain, also, I guess, famously the mother of uh, Carrie Fisher, but still. She had her own life. Also an accomplished actor in her own right. Yes, yes. Um, She was the voice of of Lulu Pickles. I am just now learning. My brain is frying. Um, Oh... But there, uh, oh, I guess on set, this is something that I'd read in that list I sent you. On set, she introduced herself as the, as Princess Leia's mother. Yeah. Yeah. Which, why not? I mean, wouldn't you? I I would. But, um, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, she brought, like, she was decent. You know, she seemed like she was having fun. This is, this movie is really silly and ridiculous. Um, but I thought, like, acting-wise, it was actually okay. Yeah. For the, yeah, for the most part, I think everyone, even the kids, like, do a, a pretty good job. You know, it's it's fun and, I don't know, bubbly is the right word. But, you know, the, the really, for they, they, it really is a commendable job for how they kind of, like, really make everything feel cohesive and work. And, it, and it's nice because it, almost the the whole like the world is at stake plot really kind of betrayed just sort of like you know i don't know like halloween town just didn't seem, doesn't seem like a place where world ending threats would be even though it is filled with mm-hmm. monsters of all kind but it's just like oh my god the world's ending but i still gotta file my monster taxes or something <laughs> like that yeah they they showed like the mundane side of like the vampire going to the dentist and Right. Oh, and the the best. Did you notice when they pulled the vampire's tooth out? They sh- they showed went back to her and showed her face, and there was her normal human tooth. The actor's normal human tooth was just painted in black. Yes. Okay, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Great. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. The the whole time I was watching this, I was like, when is Netflix gonna do like the Chilling Adventures of Halloween Town? <laughs> you know, version. Because uh, I'd watch that. Yeah, it's it's very Disney. Um, it was supposed to be for NBC originally and moved over to Disney. But watching this now, it is like it is so Disney, where the all these creatures are living such like mundane, normal lives that things that in other movies they might try to play up some spooky element to it. It's like there's a werewolf hairdresser who is uh, very, like, very lively and, and ridiculous. There is, uh, like, the vampire is getting her tooth pulled, but she's, like, right. she's, you know, just a goofy vampire lady. And even, like, the bad guy, the, like, uh, Calabar and his disguise, which I don't know. I have a lot of questions <laughs> about Calabar's uh, whole theatrical deal. Was he, right. was he disguising himself... I guess he would have been disguising himself so that the grandmother wouldn't know who he was when they met. I guess. Yeah, but for, I guess from his perspective, he he probably thinks that he's got it, got everything in the bag, right? So why, if he was going to freeze her and trap her, like why would it matter if his identity, like if she knew his identity, because she wouldn't be able to tell anyone anyway. Well, because he, um, at first he was like, "Give me the Merlin, like the pendant of Merlin," and then he just gets it, and then it's just like that's just mine now. Yeah, Calabar was uh, he was he he didn't really think things through. He he was a very weak villain. Mm-hmm. Uh, like also like when I met the mayor. It was pretty obvious that it was going to be him. <laughs> right. The only other uh, named character in the whole town. But I like that his motivation is basically just, uh, what was it? Gwen, Gwen and I dated in high school or something like that, and she rejected me for a human. So I want to turn all the monsters into monsters again and, 
invade the human world or yeah. something. So let's like it's like come on, man. Let's talk about uh, toxic masculinity because that is, apparently is that what is... we're dealing with. That is the real villain of Halloween Town. <laughs> uh, you know, also uh, I think backing up just a little bit, I was impressed for a disney film especially probably in the 90s where this may have been a little less kosher or maybe i just misremembered but like i felt like they were fairly non-judgmental and even celebratory in the sense at least with speaking within like the sort of in universe like they used a lot of like you know certain pagan references or even like i think i think there were some mentions of like satanic symbols and stuff like that Mm -hmm. Um, you mean when she's like, kinda, she's like, it's a pentagram. Hey, look, a pentagram. Wow. Okay, there's one. Yeah. So it's like, um, I just feel like that's something that Disney as a company would have shied away from. Um, but they actually were pretty on the nose about the stuff in the film. And it was just sort of like, this is just, uh, or, okay, sort of unrelated. But now that I'm thinking about it, <laughs> when uh, Aggie, um, the grandmother is, uh, make trying to make the the potion for Merlin's wand or whatever, and she puts it, she puts some of the ingredients in the microwave, mm-hmm. and the buttons are like toil boil toil and trouble or something like <laughs> yeah. that. That's I pretty good. That was amazing. But the, there there was like that's what I'm saying. There's a surprising amount of production value in like some of the little details, like the cab had like psychic cab company like had like a whole logo and stuff on the side. Uh, there was like a bunch of these little touches, but then also um, very obviously like, okay, we, rent, we we can film in this town hall, this small town we're filming in, but we can't t- t- like change anything. It has to look like just like a normal town hall, except for this weird box on Calabar's desk that a uh, a bat puppet will come out of at some point, which also looks very cheap. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it, it was it was charming somehow. It was, um, I don't know. Like I, when when you told me we were watching the Halloween Town stuff, like I said, I really didn't have, um, a really any knowledge of them that I could recall, and I was kind of like, oh, this will probably be lame, or something like that. And then I was watching it, and I, it, it was it was cute, but like it. If it's still somehow, despite like the you know, budget constraints, there was something about it all that maybe besides like say Calabar's motivation, but like like the film is pretty competently made, and maybe that's sold on the strength of the cast as well. Like um, like the dialogue I thought was like really funny at times. Like anytime uh, Dylan, uh, played by Joey Zimmerman, uh, said something, which is like I, on one hand like. He seemed oh, like definitely. a very environmentally conscious, um, conscious and serious, but he also just felt like he would grow up to become an internet troll, um, <laughs> maybe a literal troll. Um, just uh, also, he he looks like a, a friend of mine uh, as a kid, and so I was like constantly distracted uh, by that. Um, but yeah, so there was like a, a dialogue in the beginning where Marnie's fighting with her mom about why she can't go out for Halloween. And she's, it's something like, I'm, I'm almost 13. Like I'm practically an adult or at the very least, you know, I should be able to make my own decisions. And like a friend behind her is like, there's an age for that. Yes. Uh, which, which I laughed at. I'm 13. Okay. I'm practically a grown up. I'm certainly old enough to make my own choices. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Is there an age for that? And just, yeah, there was just like sight gags and certain dialogue and, um, and just ways that they tackle uh, certain situations, like getting ghost sweat. Oh yes, that was very bizarre. The, the ghost. Well, the ghost, the ghost thing when they're like, "Oh, look, it's a ghost," and they show like a picture in Halloween Town, and it's the typical like person floating around in a sheet thing. But then they they meet uh, a ghost, and it's just like a guy who's like translucent who's going to the gym. They're also like, ghosts are really depressing, but this guy's just like, no, whatever. But I did like the whole scene where he's in a sweat box. Uh, Lucky them, they need ghost sweat and he's in a sweat box. Um, And they're they're like, Dylan, go distract him. And he goes up and just starts like telling him random facts. 
And this ghost is just like, uh, sure, that's nice, kid. Whatever. <laughs> right. Not like, okay, like get away from me, like leave me alone. He's just like, oh, oh, cool. Like, yeah, all the time people come up to me and start telling me random facts. And then like Sophie offends him by putting a, a towel on her head and pretending to be a ghost. <laughs> right. It, the, the the whole sequence where they need to get certain ingredients for the potion is like the kids. So the whole circumstance, right? Let's let paint the scene here. Like uh, Ag, 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 Aggie Cromwell is warning that like something dark has come to Halloween town. Uh, and that if, if they don't tackle it, like it risks uh, impacting both worlds. Um, doesn't really know what it is. Uh, thinks that like some some of the the monsters and creatures living in Halloween Town are like getting more I don't know feral, more monstrous or whatever. Um, and I mean, part of it makes sense in the sense that the the villain was the mayor because presumably if he was a good mayor, he would they would be tackling it. But even as like a town, no one people, cares. Like the, the, no one really seemed to, to to care, and the fact that everyone that was had uh, gone feral and disappeared were just hiding in the local movie theater um, that apparently no one bothered to check. Well, it's been closed. Um, it's closed down. That's true. So it, it was closed down. You can't go in. Um, it's closed. And so, and granted, like after that point, the kids, you know, they saw that their 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 mom, their mother, and grandmother, you know, are now trapped you know, by this terrifying villain and they don't alert anyone. Nope. They don't like go running for other adults, monsters or ever just be like, Hey, yo, this just happened. Like you don't have to believe us. You just have to just come and look, just come and look and, and then, and then help us. They're like, we got to make this spell ourselves. And also we're not going to ask consent from anybody. We're just going to, go into this guy's salon and shave the hair off the back of his head. Mm. We're going to sweat a ghost from being heavy set to skinny uh, while bothering him. Uh, and I can't actually remember any of the other ingredients. Well, it was the uh, vampire fang that they just the like, vampire fang. they just take uh, that one. They, there's they there's take, no, like it, they were working with the dentist. Like they didn't tell the dentist what they need the vampire teeth for. They weren't like, Hey dentist, by the way, uh, yeah. like the world's about to end. They were he just performs... like, can you give us the tooth of a vampire who may or may not have needed to have it right. taken That's, out? Yeah, he it's, just it's performs emergency surgery. It's unclear how surgery. unscrupulous the dentist actually was. Well, see, now I want to bring some complaints against the dentist of Halloween Town. Um, I think, you know, we, the better the better Monster Bureau, they're really the going to hear, really going to hear <laughs> some uh, an earful about this guy. Right. In... <laughs> You said, like, oh, there's this, like, scary villain. I get within the context of the movie, he's supposed to be, like, a scary villain. But, I mean, he's kind of lame. He just, like, floats. So he floats out and talks to Aggie. And I love when he's shooting his spell at her. And this is where, they're like, you can tell they really did not have money in the budget for this at all. When he's, like, shooting his spell. And Debbie Reynolds just kind of crouches down and moves to the side and completely dodges it. Uh, and then when they get like frozen, it's just like, oh, like a color effect kind of over, over their body. Uh, and then later, um, at the end of the movie, when it's revealed that it's Calabar, cause he's like, this is a second rate world. We deserve the human world. Even though this place seems great. I don't really get what the issue is with this world they're living in. Um, but he, uh, he, so they, there's this big pumpkin. In the middle of town, in the middle of town, um, that is unlit for most of the movie, and the the key to winning is lighting the pumpkin. So they do this spell that we've been talking about with the the vampire teeth and the whatnot, and go to go put this thing in there. This like glowing staff that they make a potion of fill with, like put it in there, and then Calabar shows up and just like force pulls the thing out of the pumpkin. Like no big deal. I have it now. And then uh, proceeds to let the entire Cromwell slash Piper family, like he's gloating this whole time. And then they stand there and start holding hands and chanting. And that's like how they win. But I love he's like doing nothing while they're doing that. He's just like, I have won. Now I will stand here and laugh. Ha 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 ha. And the rest of the town people are just like, no, we're just going to watch. Yeah, like the whole town, like really did not want to be a part of any of this. No, they do not care about their town. In fact, they were like kind of on board when Calabar first was like, 
let's go take over the human world. They like show crowd shots and everybody's kind of like nodding like, yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. With the crowd, it, uh, I got nothing. I don't know what I was going to say. Shit. It's, it's fine. Yeah. I was just amazed that this crowd didn't, I don't know. Like, so there's this thing that we keep like talking about, like decent, decent world building, decent, like production value, um, but then at the same time, like it's it's so loose in that like kid movie way that like me as an adult, I'm like, no, but I want to know a little bit more about like the inhabitants and like creatures of this world. My favorite of them, he was in the background several times, was like the police officer constable who was this like goblin guy who was just walking around always with his like stick in hand, uh, like hitting it into his open palm. And that's what this guy just did. Apparently, he just walks around town hall or the uh, town square because we can't show you too much of the town because they wouldn't let us film outside of just this one area. That's true. That's true. Um, I, I always like that one. Uh, I, mean, I guess it, it is like they still. There was something nice like when the kids arrived in Halloween. Town, yeah. Like having that sort of town square and it sort of feeling. I mean, despite the fact that let's just assume that. There's probably like there must have been you know a bajillion monsters or creatures or what mystical beings you know that migrated to, to the, the Halloween Town world you know but it feels like this like small town you'd see on some like 90s CW mm-hmm. TV show or something like that where it's like where where do they all fit right he's talking about like this is the second rate world and we don't know like how big this world is supposed to be and that's like that adult part of my brain that is like oh i i want to know more about this world and like see what's bigger about it. you say it's like second rate but things look like pretty nice to me they they do and also like i mean despite the, the execution i can understand from like a monster's perspective being like we we were part of your world and because of humans you know fear and 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 and, and destruction or, or violence or whatever you know we we left so uh yeah, go on go on no no i just yeah basically you know we we left and created a space for ourselves that like you you might feel some sense of entitlement you know to sort of what you left behind what was left behind um mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, I would not follow Calabar. <laughs> no. So what we're learning is that like the themes that they're tackling here in Halloween Town were toxic masculinity and racism slash bigotry. See, there's more to this movie than I thought there was. It's very deep. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it really gets to the heart of the human condition and human conflict. The monster, uh, monster condition, monster conflict, please. Mon- monster conflict, <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a believer. You know, like <laughs> you're, you're, a, you're a convert. I yeah, I, I, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't sure how to follow that up. Um, no, like. <laughs> trying to think of some of the other uh oh luke okay luke yeah let's go back to uh, let's, so, let's talk about the, the boys in this movie so okay, i love dylan just like anytime he opened his mouth so a lot of times he wasn't like he was a dick but he wasn't necessarily wrong uh except when he was, was like, this is like all he, he, it was understandable that he was incredulous right um so he was he was fine um luke so also and, and this reflects more poorly on calabar who apparently like he he's doing something that's turned and it's unclear like really what luke has to do with anything as far as these other um like monsters that have, that have gone more feral and disappeared um because it seems like maybe it just happens to them and then they're like lured to the theater and then trapped there. Right. They, yeah. Um, cause, Cause Aggie says that, Oh, they get, they become more feral and then they disappear. Right. But so, we never um, learn I mean, how or why. So maybe Luke, you know, lures them there. Luke, who's also a complete moron, by the way, um, <laughs> yes. who's, I mean, like I understand on some level it's like, Oh, well he, you know, he offered to make me handsome and, and thus I, wanted to commit uh kidnapping mm-hmm. uh 
And uh, I didn't realize this guy that looks like a, an evil wart, you know, was going to try and murder people. You mean the, he looks like, he looks know? like Emperor Palpatine without the wrinkles is what he looks right? like to me. <laughs> He's like if Emperor Palpatine and uh, Ivan Ooze, you know, oh. <laughs> yeah. had a baby. Right, right. Um, but Luke, this is, Luke is flabbergasted. You know, he has a heel turn where he's just like, oh. I didn't know he was going to do that to your grandma. I just wanted to, I was supposed to lure her here to blah, blah, blah. Uh, so he's an idiot. And, um, and then, you know, and he, he shows uh, interest and affection towards Marnie. Uh, and then uh, at the end, because they defeat Calabar, the spell that was making Luke handsome wears off and he's like a goblin or whatever. Mm. And uh, <laughs> it was so obvious how hard Marnie friend zoned him just immediately in that moment. Just like, <laughs> I can't remember the exact dialogue, now? but yeah, it was just like, I hope I get to see you again soon, you know, soon. And whatever she said, maybe I just interpreted it that way, but like, it just really felt like, yeah, like definitely. Like I look for, you know, like, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Oh yeah. Let's get coffee. I have to go home now. Yeah. Right. Like I, I actually got to leave. This, uh, this has been great. You almost killed my grandmother. And yeah. Now you're, you look like a goblin. So um, right. But I can get, I can, I could have gotten past that if you were cute. <laughs> but yeah. Right. 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 I, I, I would always, I would never hesitate to date someone if they tried to murder my grandmother, as long as they were good looking, yeah. you know? My favorite line about Luke was the the broom salesman who uh, says, Oh, that Luke dude, he's turned into such a wiener. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely laughed when (laughs) this turned into a real wiener. And then later on, Sophie is like, there goes that wiener kid. (laughs) Sophie was uh, an understated uh, contribution to to the film. She had... You know, she was very much like, well, everyone is arguing and, you know, like Marnie and Dylan, you know, could be really obnoxious at times. But Sophie was, you know, you're just kind of standing there and like, all right, I'll I'll open the door or like I'm totally chill with what's going on. Um, I, I, I will say that that was that was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. She turns the thing into into a frog and is making cookies float. Uh Oh yeah, she's like, I wanted to turn into a frog. <laughs> um, Marnie, though, I, I couldn't decide if like I understood Marnie, like or I, I, not that I didn't understand Marnie, but I, I don't know. I felt like maybe maybe her the acting was just so overboard, you know, just so extra, like more intense. Um, you know, I just sometimes I was like. I don't know if I was cringing, but just like in her interactions with her mom, I was like, Marnie, chill out. She's, she was such a 13 year old protagonist, like, especially from this era of, um, yeah, just like, I want to be independent, but my mom doesn't want to let me have my own life. And like, ah, I know you're telling me why you're telling me I can't do something, but you won't tell me why. And that just makes me angrier. Which I get. You know, thirteen. You're you're pushing back against against the authority, the man that is your mother. Uh, but now, like as an adult, it's like God, just calm down, Marnie. Jeez. <laughs> I, I I mean, at the same time, it's like I, I and you know, if I ever become a parent, uh, uh, who knows how I'll actually tackle the situation. But sort of that, like, uh, you're not allowed, and it's because I because, because I said, I said so. so, right? Yeah. Like, it's not it's not I. I I can't speak as a parent, but maybe parents can chime in. Like, I don't think that's great parenting. I understand that you're actually a witch and come from another dimension. Um, You know, (laughs) but as far as she's concerned at that point, Halloween town's a pretty chill place, right? Like, you know, you're not like the the daughter of Trigon or something from Teen Titans. Um, You're not Raven. Get over yourself. (laughs) You wish you were Raven. Um, I, I I understand what you're saying. Like I agree. It's that it's that trope of like you can't do this. Why? Because I said so. And it's also just like it's Halloween and it's never fully explained, I feel like, like why she is so anti them doing any Halloween stuff. Like I get like I get 
they that's how they like she met their mom or she met their dad and then like she's angry at her own heritage but it's also just like a candy holiday for kids right also i mean the only way they'd get to halloween town is if they stumbled onto that bus Mm -hmm. which why would they get on a bus well there's a a few times walk walk with your kids Actually, to be fair, they do get on the bus, but that's because they, they all are the like, let's go yeah. see what's going on with grandma. Um, but uh, but like the mom could just walk around with them on Halloween and like control their right. direction. Because she's apparently been hiding their powers from them all their lives. As as right. she says, like weird stuff is going on and she's hiding it from them. Um in the bus thing, Sophie just like being there randomly, like that's this movie had this thing of just like, when we want something to happen, we only have an hour and a half, so we're not going to get hung up on it. Uh, so we need all the kids to be there. Should Sophie sneak out with him? No. Well, how is Sophie going to get there? Well, Sophie just got on the bus too. We need a vampire fang. How? The dentist is going to give it to us. Anything? Nope, nope, don't worry about it. The dentist is just going to give the fang. Like, we're not going to get hung up on right. the details. We have to get out of here. We need room for commercial breaks. <laughs> Also, I, um, I don't know. This, this popped in my head, but with with the um, with the broom salesman, who also was ridiculous, and for some reason made me think of Nathan Fillion. Fillion, um, but oh, like the brooms that they sold were like, oh, I feel like they got it at like a beach store, you know, like a general store or whatever uh, from a beach beach town. Uh, it just it was like so cheap, and it's like this is like the broom master 5000 like it's the best of the bunch and it, it looks like it's weighs you know half half a pound and, right it's uh, just like a broom that they like slapped on some knobs and dials too and i was reading you know the the scene where marnie and aggie are fly are flying on the broom you know lasts like a minute in in the movie but apparently it took them hours to film i believe it which which i'm curious like what I mean, uh, green screens are, you know, were something that they were doing in uh, 1998. Um, so I'm curious what it is. Maybe just like having to rig them up or yeah, something. Yeah, like and getting the wind the going and making sure everything looks right and blah, blah, blah. And that yeah. was uh, that was real fire when she was in the, um, uh, the hair salon and uh, held up like that, the hair dryer and... Uh, like fire comes out of it. That wasn't a special effect. That was actually spewing fire. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was which you know it worked. Yeah, it was a very <laughs> it it um it, it sold the scene. I guess it was a great little effect. Yeah. As we're kind of uh, before we run out of time here, I want to make sure that I mention the music, and I want to mention the music only because I realized it was done by Mark Mothersbaugh. Um, and Mark Mothersbaugh, for people who don't know, is the, the keyboardist for, he's one of the co-founders of Devo, um, you know, the song Whip It. So that's, that's him. Uh, but he has also been like a, a composer for a super long time, did a bunch of Wes Anderson movies, um, has done like a bunch of stuff that, you know, you have seen, you listening to this, like Thor Ragnarok, uh, 22 Jump Street, all these movies um, he's been around like doing. And I was just like surprised to see his name pop up in the credits. Just like, oh, Mark Mothersbaugh. And apparently he did the music for the second one too. So we have that to look forward to. Nice. Yeah, the music was pretty good in the movie. Yeah. I mean, hey, I mean, you hire Mark Mothersbaugh of Devo. And, uh, oh, he does the music for what we do in the shadows. Or did, I guess. Huh. Neat. Great show. Yeah. I, it's just, it's those little things of like, obviously this was the late nineties. He was still kind of, uh, cutting his teeth in the, um, the movie scoring game. Like I'm looking at his stuff around that time. And, um, aside from, well, I guess happy Gilmore, happy Gilmore and bottle rocket. Uh, and like, but aside from that, he was doing, he was doing stuff like the Rugrats movie, and the uh, Rugrats in Paris, the Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle, 
and just like now he's doing Marvel movies, and it's just it's just cool. I love seeing stuff like that. These little like weird older movies. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, John Favreau going from the Elf to Iron Man. Yeah, and uh, and Friends. Don't forget he was in Friends. Oh yes, and he was in Friends. It's like that eccentric. He was yeah, an eccentric millionaire, billionaire that um, that Monica dated. He also did the Crash Bandicoot, the first Crash Bandicoot games. And Jack and Daxter. This oh. Mark Mothersbaugh oh. is rad. This guy is so cool. Get on a lot of great movies and stuff. He's gotten around. Nick, is there anything else with Halloween Town we haven't talked about yet that you are just dying to get out there? Dying. Uh no, I feel like we we covered we covered quite a bit. Yeah. Dylan is Dylan could have been a lot more annoying. I hadn't I hadn't said much on Dylan yet. I had thoughts, but I'll just sum it up. And he could have been a lot worse. He could, no, he could have. I, I actually, I, li- I liked it. Like I thought the actor, you know, nailed it. And it just, I don't know. I just thought he was funny every time he would, you know, he tried to sort of explain or justify, you know, how it, it's all everything the dream. was. And even when he was like showing powers with his little electric fingertips, he was like, uh, no, it's fake. It's static electricity. Oh, Dylan. Dylan, Dylan. Who, who I, I know that he like helps the family in the end. So like, it's not supposed to be that males in the family get powers, but he did. Well, it's, it's supposed to be they thought that he hadn't shown any signs up until then of having powers. Yeah. Come on, Nick. The lore is, is deep and rich. It so is. And thoroughly explained. Magic, magic is just wanting something and letting yourself have it. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, it makes sense. Yeah. Exactly how it works. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I would rather, you know, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this because what's really popular right now is magic systems that have a lot of rules. And here's all the ways that you like the things you need to do to make sure magic works properly. I prefer magic just exists. And it just, it's a thing you can use. And maybe you have to practice it, whatever, cool. I just prefer uh, movies and books and stuff where magic is just there and not like you have to pay one quarter pint of blood every full moon that you bury at a crossroads. And it can only be taught to you in the upside down chamber on on every third Tuesday of, of the month. Like, it's just magic, man. Just let it be magic. Patrick Rothfuss. He doesn't listen. He's not listening to this. Uh, he's a big fan of the show. I, I mean, hey, if he is, hit, hit me up, Patrick. Let's hang. <laughs> uh, friends. Let's be, let's hang out. I was just joking. <laughs> I wasn't actually ragging on your system. Your system's actually <laughs> decently interesting. It's not really magic. Don't worry about it. Anyway, Halloween Town. Those are our thoughts on the movie. We want to hear your thoughts, listening audience. Hit me one more time.com slash contact to uh, let us know. I usually say this after we have given our final thoughts, but I'm letting you, I'm letting you know now because I, I want to hear from people. We would love to. Nick, this is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts. Is this worth visiting today or is it something that stays in the hall of memory why don't you tell us your thoughts? As someone brand new to Halloween Town, seeing it now for the first time, what do you think? Yeah, you know, as an adult, you know, I my obviously my instigation for for watching it was for the podcast. So, is this something that I as an adult now would have sought out just for my own enjoyment? Probably not. Um, but that doesn't you know mean that uh, I didn't. I did enjoy it uh, actually, and I think that even though maybe it's a bit dated or maybe seems like you know, un, I don't know, underproduced or whatever, you know, low, lower budget than maybe what people expect from today. Like it's a fun movie. The cast does a good job. You know, there's some you know silly plot stuff, and like you really shouldn't take it too seriously, which I take everything seriously. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, some sometimes there's exceptions, um, and. Uh, you know, I, I think it, it does still hold up today. It's just like a fun, dumb, you know, family film to watch with your, you know, younger kids uh, during this season. And uh, I, yeah, I say it's uh, it's still it's still worth it. All right. I think I'm, I'm with you on that. I think as an adult, um, 
it would be fun to watch with other people. Like I watched this with my girlfriend and we had like a fun time because she was very excited to watch this movie. Um, and we had fun kind of like, oh, look at, you know, look at the that person's hands while they're supposed to be this creature and they just have like human hands. It was like fun in that way. So like getting together with people as an adult would be, I think, the, the right way to watch it. Um, and it's also a movie you can totally let your kids watch. It's inoffensive. Um it's uh, you know it's perfect for kids though the final confrontation is really lackluster in a way that like these kids movies kind of tend to be um i, I would say like as seriously watching of like oh i'm gonna i'm an adult and i want to watch halloweeny movies and i don't want to say like don't watch this like if you want to fine but i think the best environment as an adult is like with friends or with kids who are gonna enjoy this perhaps a lot more um than than most of us are and like I said, listening audience, let us know if you disagree, if you agree, what you're thinking. We want to hear from you. Nick, thank you uh, for joining me. I I, uh, I don't think the werewolf is going to let us leave this room, so we're going to have to establish uh, who's sleeping where and which one is the bathroom corner. But uh, in the... Maybe your side can be the bathroom okay. corner. Nope, that's... Hmm. Well, we'll discuss it. We'll rock, paper, scissors for it. Uh, but in the meantime, if people want to see what you're up to until uh, until next week when we're talking about Calabar's Revenge, I think, or Calabar's Return, where can people find you? They can always find me on Instagram at palblamshazam underscore art or on Twitter at palblamshazam. And if people want to find me, it is Davluz, D-A-V-L-U-Z, Twitter and Instagram. Find us there. Nick, I forgot to say thanks for uh, thanks for being here. Always want to make sure yeah. I thank you. I appreciate that, David, and, and thank you for having me. Oh, it's, well, it's always great to have my co-host on. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, listening audience, we do this show for you. We do this show because of you. Remember, we can't move you, you can't move forward if you're always looking back we'll see you next time hey!